Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Will any of the new Big 12 schools even make a bowl game this year? And also, is Oklahoma still a real Big 12 title contender? That is coming up on today's edition of the Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. Once again, the Big 12 Watch here on Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. You guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts and here on YouTube as well. And that is the first thing we have to start with. So, this show was called The Neighborhood Watch before. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh Neighbors. I was a uh, producer over at SiriusXM Big 12 Radio for three years. I also was the first host of Locked On Big 12 uh, for a long time uh, until I played the, the comments of one Bob Huggins out loud and uh, criticized him for it. And I was fired for playing the comments out loud because I think the best way to address stuff like that is by playing it as it is. I was fired for playing hate speech on my show after the crying hate speech. That's actually a thing that happened, but it led me to where I am now. Happy to be here. Crystal ball college football, three, six, five sports network. This was the neighborhood watch. And I had some folks saying, Oh, we know it's tough to search the show and find it. And cool. Josh neighbors, neighborhood watch. It's fun to have my name in the show, but guess what people, I want you all to be able to find the show. And so for SEO purposes and also, hey, man, we talk Big 12 football in here. That's what we do. Big 12 football, Big 12 basketball, conference realignment, uh, all of college sports. But like, how does this stuff impact schools in the Big 12 conference? Just because, number one, that's what I know really well. And also, too, I think the Big 12 has so many great programs and fan bases. These are the real schools that make up college sports. Alabama's are great. Clemson's are great, too. But we don't want that all the time. And there are schools, you know, West Virginia's uh, trip to a bowl this year, if they make it, is a great story and deserves as much coverage as the struggles of a Clemson because they're a powerhouse and a blue blood, in my opinion. And that's why I love this conference. I love the fans. But Neighborhood Watch is a bit harder to find. So now there's no uh, two ways you all know this is a Big 12 podcast. And also, too, if you're like, well, how do I know this guy, Josh, actually knows his stuff, go and follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore uh, my takes, usually pretty decent. My picks, I know for sure, are very good so far this season. 
We are 29 and 18 against the spread, picking Big 12 games. So make sure you guys go follow us there. At NWPod365 is where you guys can find me as well. Once again, the Big 12 watch is what we're rolling with. If you all like these videos, that helps so much. Will you guys uh, subscribe to the channel too? We need that. So once again, Josh Neighbors here, the Big 12 watch, same show, five plus days a week. Uh, on Sunday slash Saturday night, we do instant reactions slash the winner's circle. All right. And that is where we talk about the teams that won because to the winners go the spoils. Then this edition on Mondays, we do loser's corner where people say the story is the better story sometimes is in the loser's locker room. We see if that's true. And then also too, on Tuesday, we do power rankings on Wednesday. We usually do some kind of interview some big picture stuff and Thursday and Friday, we are previewing games, getting you ready for the big weekends in the big 12 and across college football as well. So there you go. That is a setup and let's get after it. So losers corner. I like to do this. I like to ask, is anybody off the hook this week? It's the first thing you want to ask is any team actually off the hook. And I did pick one school to be off the hook this week. And that was BYU. So uh, BYU loses 35 to six to Texas, but I'll tell you what, they were competitive. They were competitive in this game on the defensive side of the ball. I felt like for most of the game, they made life a little bit challenging on that Texas offense. And this game in the fourth quarter was still 21 to six. Was it the offense very good for them? No, it was not. They ran for 3.7 a carry. Uh, Keaton Slovis threw for sub 200 yards on what? 55% completion percentage, uh, you know, two, two picks as well too. So yes, that, that was tough. And did Texas run all over them? Yes, sure. But once again, this was a, you know, a 21 to six game, a two score game there in that fourth quarter. Now, Texas ultimately did pull away. But I will say, like, BYU was competitive. I mean, they, they were, um, you know, causing Texas some problems. And sure, Texas had a backup quarterback in there in Malik Murphy. But still, I actually was impressed. I mean, I, I think BYU plays hard. There's never a doubt about that. They're pretty well coached, I think, too, for the most part. Um, you know, I think they've got some deficiencies, uh, obviously, as well. And we'll talk about them more in a second, just kind of grouping all the new schools together on whether they make a bowl or not. But look, they're five and three. They've been outplayed a bunch. I think um, this was one of those games where it kind of expected this, this type of result and they were in it for most of the way. And so in a game where you were outclassed, were you competitive? I wouldn't say they were non-competitive. The score makes it look like it wasn't competitive, but they were fighting this game. They were causing Texas problems and Texas had to work to ultimately pull away. And I think for BYU, that's what you want to see. So as much as a 29-point loss can, I mean, I'm not going to fault them, I think, in my opinion. Who is at fault? Well, let's talk to our man, Dusty Rhodes. Kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Hard times. That's what we ask when we say, hey, we talk about these losses. Who is falling upon hard times? So let's go to the list. I have it ranked basically in order of, I think, who is going on the toughest times based off the losses. So let's go with Oklahoma up first. And I think a big question people want to know is how real was slash is OU? So Oklahoma loses to Kansas 
And I think the one big takeaway is a couple weeks after they beat Texas, who is a, I would say at this point in time, I think it's fair to say the most physical team in the Big 12. They play a Kansas team. And actually for the first time in a long time, it looked like Kansas physically on the field belonged with Oklahoma. And it's kind of a weird thing because you have to square the fact that OU is the is or was the best team in the league. And now all of a sudden they're playing KU and look, KU pushed them around a little bit early. Oklahoma fights back late. And, um, you know, I think if you're Oklahoma, the reason why this is the hardest for you is because Jason Bean was not finishing the job, right? That was not a strong majority of the fourth quarter that Jason Bean played. That was not the case when they played Oklahoma state, uh, two weeks ago. That was also not the case for most of the fourth quarter here. And he did a great job in that final drive, but man, he was seeing some things. I mean, he had the one interception in the beginning of the quarter that was pretty bad. The second one was not good. He almost threw, I think, a third. Uh, he was seeing some ghosts. I think he threw two in that quarter. I'm forgetting. But he had one, at least one that was picked and one that was a near miss. And so for Oklahoma, I'm thinking about, all right, like for them, they've been trying to establish the run so much. And they actually did it to somewhat good effect in this game. But it felt like consistently for them, the offense in a game where they scored a hundred or excuse me, 33 points. Um, the passing offense kind of let them down and not saying it was all Dylan Gabriel's fault. It's 14 of 19 for 171 in the interception, but man up front, like Oklahoma was not as good as I thought they would be Texas or uh, Kansas rather was able to generate some pressure, only one sack on the day. But on the other side of things, their uh, defensive line was not getting into the backfield and causing problems now, it was a cold day. It was a windy day. There was a lightning delay. And so maybe you think, okay, all of those weird things could conspire together to hurt OU. Um, but the thing is, is that those conditions did not conspire with KU playing the perfect game, right? KU had their issues, still put up 38 points on them. And so despite them stalling out and whatnot, I, you know, you have to get the pick six, obviously, which was a huge moment for KU. You get Jason Bean rallying late and he was under 50% completion percentage. Um, they were able to run the ball effectively. And I don't think we've seen anybody run the ball on OU like that, uh, you know, consistently. Uh, Jason Bean getting in on the act as well, too, obviously, Highshaw and Neil. I mean, I, I, I think Neil could have been criticized for not hitting some holes a bit harder than he did, but there were spaces in this defense. It was not the most disciplined effort. And so I think last week, if that was kind of the prying into the, the cracks, if you will, right. You know, if that was the, I mean, I guess that was the pre earthquake. You could say this one was the actual earthquake, right? You could see the, the, the gaps were starting to be there. And then all of a sudden they just got widened this week and exposed, you know, um, if I watch the way Oklahoma state's playing right now and I watch the way Kansas state's playing right now and Oklahoma state obviously plays OU this week. Uh, I would say in Kansas state too. I mean, Oklahoma still, I think we have to say is the second best team in the league, but I am, I am not that convinced. And honestly, I'd put Texas over them. I know, I know, Oh, you beat Texas. I know that. But if we're talking about like, what I care about my ratings, you know, um, I would say that the UCF game, combined with the Kansas game, you know, I think it's tough to say in the last two weeks, that's the best team in the league right now. Uh, at least Texas is delivering me wins 
And I know the Houston game was close, but they did it. They got the job done with the backup quarterback, and then they beat a winning team ostensibly in BYU with the backup quarterback again. They ended up doing it by 29. Had to pull away wait, pull away late, but they did. So I think the big question remains: how was slash real is Oklahoma? Now, the good news for the Sooners is this. Oklahoma's schedule is at Oklahoma State, West Virginia, at BYU, and TCU. This to me now, and, and uh, you know, is is a uh, not a super difficult stretch, like moderate difficulty, like a five out of ten, right? There's six point favorites this week. They've got West Virginia, a good team at home, though, in two weeks. BYU is on the road, but they are a better football team overall than BYU. And TCU really has not found their stride at all. And who knows what that group will look like collectively by the time we hit that. So they have to be counted, obviously, still as a team that can definitely make the Big 12 championship game. But they must be careful now because they're going to start playing at least one team in Oklahoma State that can break the, you know, be a tiebreaker. The good news for them is out of the teams that they're tied with towards the top, Iowa State, they have a win over. Texas, they have a win over. Uh, they play Oklahoma State, so a chance this week to get a win. I mean, they're cinching up a bunch of tiebreakers. So no matter how we feel about the Sooners right now in terms of overall quality, if they win this week, it's going to be hard to unseat them unless it's K-State. But, like, you know, they're going to need another Oklahoma loss to have that happen. Um, you know, K-State can unseat a Texas. They can't unseat an Oklahoma State, right? So there's a lot of tiebreaker action that's going to happen here. But OU still – I mean, they still control their own destiny, right? They still control their path to the Big 12 championship game, and not everybody can say that at this point in time. Most of the teams can, right? But OU has got a clear view of that, and they've got less of the teams ahead of them that are involved at the top. And that leads us to this. Will a new Big 12 school make a bowl game this year? So this past Saturday in the Big 12 exposed a lot, right? I think the hateful eight plus Texas – uh, and, and TCU and Texas Tech were off. Actually, the two teams in the hateful eight that are not very good this year. But this was not a great slate of games, right? Um, the most competitive game was KU and OU, right? West Virginia UCF was, but man, was John Rice Plumley bad. Uh, Houston K-State was not. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State was close. Then it wasn't, obviously. Baylor, Iowa State was, you know, Iowa State kept them at arm's reach, right? So overall, like this was a week where the good group of hateful eight teams kind of flex that muscle, right? Iowa State, Oklahoma State, K-State, KU, right? Flex their muscle generally over and then UCF obviously lost against West Virginia. So they flexed a little bit on them. That game was, you know, touching up, but it felt like West Virginia had them at arm's reach second half. Houston gets throttled. Cincinnati gets throttled in the end. And it really brings up a great question, folks. Will any of these teams actually make a bowl game? Right now, UCF is uh, 0-5 in the league, as is Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 2-6 overall. They lose one more game, and they've got UCF at home this week at Houston, at West Virginia, and then Kansas. So I feel like that's pretty likely. They are not going bowling. UCF, the rest of the schedule for them at 0 and 5 in the league and 3 and 5 overall at Cincinnati, uh, Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech and Houston, right? This team is going to have to win three of their next, uh, what, three of their next four games, obviously, to make a bowl game. It's possible 
But, you know, are you feeling pretty good about that? I don't think I am. Once again, very, very possible. And then you think about Houston, like Houston is the one team in the Big 12 that's a new school. It's got a win. BYU has one too. Uh, over Texas Tech, but like an actual win, like a like a win where it was like, all right, full strength West Virginia against full strength Houston, and it came on a hail mary to get the job done. They're at Baylor this week, a game they can definitely win. Right, they're three and five overall. Cincinnati's at home, Oklahoma State's at home, and they're at UCF, so they could go three and four too. But this Houston team has not won back to back games yet this year. They've got multiple losing streaks on the year, so they have not strung wins together very well. That then takes us to the final team, BYU. Now, BYU is just one win away from going to a bowl game. Right now, they are 5-3 and three, uh, on the season. So I think you feel, hey, like they should be, relative with relative ease, able to win a game and make a bowl game, right? But they're at West Virginia. They're nine-and-a-half-point dogs in that game. They're home against Iowa State, and Iowa State's looked really good. And, like, you know, if – so on the, let's see, on the September 29th, uh, when Cincinnati came to town, uh, Cincinnati, I think, closed that game as a favorite. It wins back and forth, right? Got to think of Iowa State, especially if they beat KU this week, they were probably favored in that game. Then they've got Oklahoma at home. Then they're in Stillwater. So they've got four remaining Big 12 teams left. They ripped off a three-game winning streak to start the year, 14-0 against Sam Houston, 41-16 against Southern Utah, and then... 38-31 against an Arkansas team. It's bad, yes. But Arkansas is like, they've been competitive with Alabama. They've been competitive with LSU. They've been competitive with Ole Miss, right? And they took advantage of that game and played really well. Uh, they took advantage, obviously, of the Texas Tech game. So you have to take care of the football around BYU, or else they will make you pay, right? Uh, they were not able to as much last week, but Texas seems to be an exception to a lot of these teams in this league, right? But Kansas kept them at arm's length. TCU hammered them. Texas ends up hammering them. So uh, you got to think like these more full strength big 12 teams are having their way with the BYU. Uh, does BYU get there? I mean, I'm going to say yes. And I actually honestly think this week might be their best chance because West Virginia, while a very good outfit, still one that can be had just a touch in my opinion. Um, you know, I think still a team that could be, yeah, still a team that can be had just a touch you know, if they can get the running game going. Uh, there's some vulnerabilities in West Virginia's defense, okay? But they have to exploit them and cash that in and do a really good job with that, and I'm not sure they can. So I think it's pretty reasonable to ask at this point in time, like, are any of these schools going to do it? And honestly, should we be upset that they aren't? And here's the thing, guys, I'm not. I'm really not. I think if you're a fan of any of these schools, you should not be upset with where they are right now because, hey, man, that's just kind of the way this thing works. Like, you are moving up to the power five and a large group of you all are moving up to the power five. And also with that, I think that we have to acknowledge the fact that look, a lot of these schools are missing some of their better rosters. Like the UCF, you know, this is not one of the great UCF rosters right now. They got some good players on it, but on defense, especially not a very great roster, right? And a quarterback to, you know, people like John Rice Plumley. I am not one of those people. Uh, I think just cause passing wise, you know, he'll throw you, throw you some really bad interceptions. Right. I think that obviously happens. Um, so you have to consider like where these schools are and, you know, the Cincinnati roster from a few years ago, right? A lot of that's left. The coach left. They're trying to rebuild Houston. That team had Clayton tune. And obviously we're seeing what tank Dell is doing now. They lost McCaskill and they've got some good players in there, but um, it just seems like to me, and look, there's a chance that Houston honestly has the best. I was a little worried about the roster. Like 
in terms of being competitive and the ability to be competitive, they've actually got some serious guys. They were missing Caesar this past week, and we saw Guaybu get knocked, uh, dinged against Quinn Ewers when he hit him there, and Man Jack goes down too. But they've got some good players, and Donovan Smith's a pretty good quarterback, I, I think, for the most part. So these teams have guys. It's just a matter of like building the depth, and week to week, it's really challenging. Uh, the reason why I felt really good about K State minus seventeen and a half this week, and I was on that, is because think about West Virginia. And look, this happens not just to teams like Houston, but it happens to a lot of teams. But they played West Virginia, massive game, Hail Mary on a Thursday night at home. You feel great, big energy dump against Texas in a game where you lost some guys. Go on the re- on the road next week against a team like K State. It's going to be one way traffic. Right. That's why I should have grouped Cincinnati in with these schools. Uh, you know, they're just, they're not competitive right now. Um, they're competitive within some games. UCF was competitive with Oklahoma. UCF was competitive. Uh, we saw at times with West Virginia, right? At times with Kansas State. Uh, they were beating Baylor for most of the game, right? Baylor's a lower level team. They allow that comeback. So you're seeing what's happening right now with these schools. And it makes a lot of like it, it makes sense to me why they are where they are, um, and I think a lot of you know portaling will happen this year. A lot of attention will be paid as much as they can to the lines of scrimmage, but I think that's where it's going to be because these schools right now, you know, uh, I think BYU is going to eke one out. But man, it's not an easy proposition. Them getting to six is not a guaranteed thing, and I think it's despite the, uh, despite the fact that they they play pretty hard, but they're not that good. Right, you look at the offense, and you're just like, man, I think LJ Martin's going to be really good. I like Isaac Rex, but Slovis been inconsistent. Lions been inconsistent, and um, it's not a really good passing offense, and and it's not a consistent rushing attack, and their defense is not super consistent either. Um, they're tough. They seem to make important plays to keep games closer, win some games, but they're not as good as as, as some other groups. And then Baylor, man, Baylor's despair just continues. You know, a, a situation where like just the rest of their roster outside of guys like a Monterey Baldwin um, is not very good. They can't run block very well. They're, they're relying on Pendergrass. I mean, they brought Richardson and Reese, and Reese gets two carries this past week. It's been so inconsistent, so up and down. And uh, Robbie Triano, my buddy from SiriusXM, uh, formerly of SiriusXM, texted me the other day, and what he said, he was like, future Colorado running back Richard Reese. And I joked about it. it's funny, but like it actually might be true, right? I think this this roster is going to go through a big remake, uh, and it needs to. And I'm I'm curious as to what Dave Aranda does because that group is in some trouble. They're four and a half point favorites this week. It's basically a must win for those two schools. It's it's Houston and Baylor if they want to go to a bowl game. Baylor the rest of the way right now at three and five has Houston at K State at TCU and West Virginia. I mean, there is little to no chance they go three and four. If they do, they rally. Great for them. But it does not feel like that is the case right now for this group. It has been tough sledding for uh, this Baylor team. And I think for them, honestly, I could have flipped Cincinnati and Baylor because, you know, Cincinnati getting crushed by Ollie Gordon, that does happen to you, right? Uh, But I think especially for hard times, Baylor, man, it's just yikes, yikes in that situation. Let's check in on the top 25 really fast just to let you all know where the Big 12 teams check in. I said it on Sunday's reaction show, and you all should still go check that one out. We have a Saturday instant reaction to KU beating Oklahoma. We've got a reaction show yesterday, Sunday reactions to the entire weekend of Big 12 football. And then also today, what we have as well is uh, we've got a uh, full show here 
with the loser's corner. So you guys can check that out as well. Um, I'm going to check out all that stuff. What I said about uh, the situation, you know, I was going to say, hey, man, like they're about to get a bunch of teams ranked. I think a bunch of teams are about to start flowing in, in the back end. We knew KU would be ranked. K-State, you had to think, was going to get into the top 25. Oklahoma State, too. And lo and behold, KU is at 22. K-State is at 25. Oklahoma State is receiving the most votes for any team outside the top 25. So basically, they're ranked number 26, if you will. That goes along with Texas at number seven and Oklahoma at number 10. So four Big 12 teams ranked, uh, one team just on the outside. But some folks also came at me yesterday for saying that the conference championship still runs through the state of Kansas. And yesterday, uh, this past weekend, that proved true. Like K-State's still the champion. They're going to have a chance this weekend to make a massive statement against Texas. Also, KU too. Like KU's a team that you have to beat to prove that you are good. Oklahoma State did it, right? Texas did it, obviously, this this season to prove, you know, hey, we are a good squad. And other teams have come up short, right? Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's, uh, you know, not able to do so, obviously, uh, you know, like that, that, that is ding the record now. And so now they have to make sure they're, uh, you know, pretty good the rest of the way to get to the big 12 championship game. That's why it still feels like the state of Texas, state of Texas, state of Kansas with those two schools, they are the ones who are still kind of the gatekeepers of what happens. Like you got to beat those schools or, you know, avoid a miss against a, uh, Kansas and beat a K state to go to the big 12 championship game. And everybody is going to have their opportunity to do it. Oklahoma state basically reproved. They're still a good team by beating OU, uh, by beating, excuse me, rather a uh, KU. Um, and they did it against K state too. And so now that's why Oklahoma state's in position to potentially go to a big 12 championship game. Right. That's why I made that comment. So let me know what you all think. Will they, will one of the new big 12 schools go to a bowl game? My overreacting to that? Uh, do we think it's going to be BYU getting one more win? Thoughts on Oklahoma? Are they fraudulent? Does it feel like they can, uh, you know, get back on track in the way that they were earlier in the season? Or are they doomed for at least one more loss in their final year in the Big 12? And also, the hell's going on at Baylor? What do we do there? Your thoughts? Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Find us on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. Once again, this is the Big 12 Watch. Find us wherever you get your podcast, five stars as well. And we'll talk to you folks tomorrow.